What's going on? I am. I've been thinking about what's what's important to me, and I recently discovered that there is this concept that I think is really misunderstood by a lot of. Well, it's under, misunderstood by me, that's for sure. So I'm trying to figure it out. But I do have an impression that a lot of people don't actually maybe understand it, or at least the popular culture. And the concept is um, as cliche and as simple and as deep and as beautiful as the word and the concept of love. What is love, Vasily? I'm going to try my hardest uh, not to look up stuff <laughs> for definitions. Um, what is love? Okay, you're not seriously asking me that. <laughs> but you see, like, let's say, let's say you're in a relationship and your girlfriend says, hey, do you love me? How do you know to answer yes? It may seem like a benign and maybe obvious or maybe something. Like, here is my perception of this so far. Apparently, everybody seems to just assume that they know what it is. Or rather, you will know when you feel it. Fair. Right. You will know when you, when you, when you will, let's say, Nikita, you're just too young. I don't know how for how many years it will still work for me, but Nikita, you're just too young. You will know when love finds you. And so, and that renders the entire conversation useless because now apparently I'm just, I need to just know. Like, what does apple taste like? Well, you know when you taste it. Yeah. It's, it's, it can be frustrating uh, because there's, when you hear the word every day from every, uh, radio and refrigerator you're supposed to know right it's stuff that you hear every day uh, in songs and conversations but i'm like you i i don't readily jump on this like yeah of course i know of course uh, you know it's everywhere i mean i do like to say it's everywhere love is in the air <laughs> but some people speak about this as if it were something very specific and they know when it comes and when it go- when it goes when the periods of being in love were in their lives I tend to think that maybe women are traditionally a bit more in touch with that. Um, like my mom is all about love and she asked me eh, <laughs> only to hear regretfully that um, I'm not often and typically in love. Therefore, or maybe if I am, I don't know that I am. Yeah. So yeah, but okay. So do you agree that in order to experience it, you need the other party? Yeah, that's interesting. So I would start even before jumping to love to another person. And I'm not even talking what kind of love, right? It could be romantic around love. It could be all kinds of love. Um, I think there's two ways I can see we can approach this. One is uh, we can try to enumerate different types of love because you can clearly see that there are certain, we use, there's a same word, is it the same word for all types of love? You can sometimes see, say like, I like you and I love you. And they can say, I'm in love with you. And all three mean different things. But I recently learned that apparently, and if you'd like to Google this, please do. Um, there is a Greek philosophy or a Greek um, Greek system of um, different types of love. Um, and so they have different words for different types of love. Um, and apparently it's a thing. Um, another way to look at it might be to just see how, for example, for me, my personal definition of love had evolved, you know, growing up. Um, which one do you prefer? And also, what did you Google? Uh, okay, I, there's something on Wikipedia about Greek love. Uh, <laughs> Okay, well, Greek love is something else. That's that's um, that's for uh, certain homoerotic customs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't want to f- 
And it doesn't seem like it's on the surface. Uh, although, oh yeah, I see it. Nine different types of love, according to ancient Greeks. Yeah, that's the one. Philof, Pragmas, Storge, Eros, Ludus, Mania, Philautia, Agapi, and Meraki. Half of these words have familiar roots, such as uh, Eros, Ludus, I guess it's Lud, <laughs> Mania, Pragma for pragmatic, right? And philia. Okay, cool. All right, continue. You you wanted to make a point. So so I think I th- right. I think like um well, growing up, I would think that you know I mean, I mean growing up like as a teenager, like as a smaller person, um you know as a teenager, I would think that love is. It was clear to me, of course, there is like love for their children or maybe between mm, i'm not sure parents to their children or maybe children to their parents um but uh, i really thought that love is like romantic love because obviously i was a teenager that's what was the most interesting to me at the time and i remember really thinking about like is there the love from the first sight does it exist how do you know have you experienced it if you experience the love from the first sight is this a real love and so i was somewhat unsure if love from the first sight existed because I don't think at the time I have experienced it before. And uh, also, I wasn't quite sure what else is there, right? So, so definitely, if a boy uh, is attracted, as you would say, right? You wouldn't even say he loves her. You would say, like, he is attracted to her. A boy is, is attracted to a girl, and then the boy feels for the girl, and then he pursues her. I have a story then. In, in any age, right? Say what? Okay, so when I was uh, eight years old, I was in school, obviously, I was going to school, and there was a new student in our class, female, that I thought was um, worthy of feeling infatuated with, Um, and my teacher, I think, noticed, and she put us together, she sat us at the same desk. Uh, for most of the classes and uh, I was beside myself. It was so crazy. I was like next to somebody I feel like burning desire for at eight years old. Um, Desire to somehow express love. So I was, I waited until uh, Valentine's Day, which was already a thing apparently in my life. And I made my first ever homemade postcard where I wrote something, something plus I love you. I went there (laughs) without consulting with anybody. Okay, I handed it to her under comfortable circumstances, at least I thought. The outcome was that she was so embarrassed by it that she kind of stopped talking to me after that. So it was it was my first burn from using the word love. Fascinating story, actually. You 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 all should have seen my face as Vasily was telling the story. Vasily, the most pragmatic person I know. Is it? Maybe that's why I became pragmatic, like the Greek pragmatic love, which means what is pragmatic love? It means mature love. Okay, there you go. It helped me mature. Thanks, Greeks. This reminds me that I think that I I remember maybe also being, let's say, eight years old. And I remember rem- like knowing that there, there was a girl in my class that I was... I, words are difficult. I mm, can't even say I'm interested. What, what word would I use? I would say I, I liked her, I guess is the best word. And I... You took, you took a liking to her. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I remember I was telling my mom about this and she was curious. She asked me, I remember she said... What did what do you like about her? And me at eight, seven or eight years old, I said she has beautiful eyes, which is kind of romantic uh, by you know modern standards. But I don't think I remember. But it doesn't explain much. It does not. No, it does not explain very much. No. 
Um, so from this like pretty obvious romantic point of view, um, in the last maybe 10 years, I think that I had a chance to experience what every other new age book talks about, right? Uh, the peak experience of love for everything, love for the universe, the uncon the unconditional love for the everything, right? Um, the one experience that I had was in December, actually, less than a year ago, after four days of meditation um, and on a retreat, I that were quite torturous of an experience I suddenly my torturous experience ended and then suddenly was like feeling quiet and peaceful and feeling actually a lot of how do I explain it well meaning towards everything around me every person I know the world in general everything felt nice and peaceful and beautiful and etc so honestly that was the capital L love that I can maybe describe and it was in some ways similar to other peak experiences related to uh, medicinal journeys and in general for a while I think that I, I really believed that this is the real kind of love this is the this is what we all need to strive for like if your love is not unconditional you're failing at loving Vasily that's what I believed in for a while unconditional love yeah that the word kind of triggered me right now it's, it's like if you are a love purist if like if you if you discovered if you matured to the point of knowing what love is and experiencing it and carrying it with you in your heart wherever you go it must be unconditional by definition uh, love your enemy love your friend love yourself love everybody right so there's this concept of high love that trumps everything and that you can't help yourself but love everything and everyone and apparently this is like the idealistic love that we think so a lot of us think it's worthy to uh, strive for what do you think about that yeah, it's 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 this perfect sort of goal um, that you will find in nearly every spiritual or religious book in some shape or form. And that seems like if you're not doing it, you're like I said, you're you just you know you're you're not you're you're pretty much failing at something. Um, as a as a pragmatic person, I have a lot of questions, <laughs> a lot of tough questions for people who just throw this word around so easily. Like, who do you love more, this person or that person? Like, oh, do you love yourself enough? Uh, you should work on that. You know, the, people s talk about this like like the system of coordinates is is so well known you can just like be like oh increase your love love by turning this knob uh, you know up like can i even control this like why do i get lost when i try to estimate and measure love and some people make it seem so obvious and easy yeah the mega the mega loves the kilo kilo loves um i love i love you more than you love me um hey, I, my problem i think with this is that um um I don't, I, you didn't comment on this whether or not you had any similar experiences but i do want to say that the peak experiences don't last kind of by definition oh yeah 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 so, so let me comment on comment on that uh what instantly comes to mind of course is uh taking something like mdma which i have uh, experimented it with in completely controlled legal environments, of course. Um, <laughs> no, but um, certain drugs, certain stimulants take you to the state of unconditional, intense love that feels better, better than anything you can imagine in life. And it's self-directed, it's outward directed mostly. Um, people who happen to be nearby during that experience are generally, are generally loved by someone who is high. Um, and the memory stays with 
you for the rest of your life. Uh, I mean, it's not like so intense and significant that it, it, it defines you for the rest of it, but at least it shows you the the peak experience and you have a frame of reference. So yes. Right. And uh, like I said, the problem with all of this is that this, by definition, being a peak experience, it does not last. And also, I think it, if it was, quote unquote, the answer, then why don't we all take copious amounts of whatever substance gives you, gets you into that state and stay in there? Unfortunately, I don't think that that's going to... Sure. I, I don't think that's reasonable. And also what comes... Or at least, why aren't the doctors working on uh, developing something that is not sort of bad for you, quote-unquote, uh, so we can constantly be taking... Like, there's plenty of sci-fi written about this. Uh, I think Brave New World is one of those books. What was it? It's called Soma in there, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think so. I think yeah. it was called Soma. So we talked about, I think we talked about romantic love. We talked about, um, let's call it like the ultimate love, or maybe I'm not even sure, religious love. I don't have a word for it. I sometimes call it capital love, capital L love. But let's say you're talking to a, maybe your parents or maybe your grandparents or somebody else's grandparents who's, and they had lived together for 70 years, right? They have got married pretty early as, as was the custom. And they have been together ever since they've lived through, um, many presidents. They've lived through multiple countries coming and going. They have raised children, you know, changed jobs, moved cities. And then you come to them and you maybe ask them and you say, do you love each other? Well, the answer is probably going to be yes. And I think their love is 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 a very, I, you know, I haven't lived long enough, nor had I have any, have I had any relationships that lasted this long, obviously, but I imagine their answer will be very, very different. And what I think, if I, if I try to imagine knowing someone for so long, so that this person becomes a significant part of your life. This is still love, clearly is. It's hard to disagree that it isn't, but it has a very different connotation. It's a very different feeling, I imagine, from the previous two types of love that we discovered. And for the record, the previous love, love for God or love for uh, the peak experience kind of love, it is not in the Greek Greek uh, list of types of loves that you um, you Googled. This, w- this is what surprised me. It was not there on the list. Yeah, that, the, that our listeners can find in the show notes. Yeah, there's a blog post explaining all this. Yeah, 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 it's not there. And the other thought before you say uh, anything, the other thought was that the first, I think the first two types of love that we we described is they both are a state of your mind or state of your consciousness, state of your being. So you feel in love with, you know, a girl, let's say, and then you feel this way. Well, because in that moment, you feel the attraction, you feel the desire. Um, so that is the state. The thing about this is that it will subside, it will change, it will stop naturally, no matter you get that, you know, you ask her out, or you didn't ask her out, this will subside, and maybe something else will come. So it's not very, um, it's not very lasting, sustainable. It's not sustainable. Yeah, it's not sustainable. And similarly, I think the peak experiences aren't sustainable either. But now something that is sustainable, if we're talking about this 50 years long marriage that can also be called love. Yeah, but I think it's more of an intellectual love. It's... um something that people yeah they need to use their court prefrontal cortex you know to to identify say okay this person years ago we experienced mutual attraction of extremely high levels that felt like love then it became more even then this person never betrayed me never um, was never mean to me or never committed anything to break our bond we owe each other a lot of favors because of how supportive we were therefore our bond can be called love because 
because now we have this mutual capital capital that we we like sort of feel like we're obligated to maintain and if there's no bad blood or ill will between us then automatically we keep loving each other at least uh, on paper Vasily you're very pragmatic here here's a take on this imagine the longest friendship you had so far imagine what the feeling of comfort and uh, the well meaning towards this person that you have not even because this person is good or bad or you like them or dislike them but just because they have been in your life for so long so there's something else you can't maybe wouldn't say I love you you're not they're not your partner not your wife or husband but you they're like it is there's a certain feeling of it's possible lacking words words are difficult comfort the best I can say and now imagine extending this not to a friend that you maybe see even if you see them once a once a month and once a week someone you're seeing like a lot and not through tens of years but through like many decades can you imagine that it isn't just that you don't have bad blood and maybe you have the trust because they never did anything bad for you but it is the feeling of I'm really trying to imagine myself having this I think it's the feeling of two lives two souls overlapping in their experiences to the point where they are to some extent made out of the, out of the same stuff. This may sound rather out, like rather weird, but it does make sense if two people had so many experiences together that they have evolved in a similar direction. It makes sense that they would literally be similar in some ways. And the longer they spend together, the more similar they become to the point where they will finish each other's sentences and whatnot. Which, interestingly enough, doesn't mean that they will never get angry at each other. It doesn't mean that they like everything about each other at all times. But they're willing to confirm that they love each other at when they're asked. Mm. Right. And that, and that, that is an interesting question. Um, someone once said to me, I think it was in some Buddhist philosophy or I don't even remember anymore. The the saying goes uh, that love is not a state. Love is an action um, or a choice or something, which is interesting because again, if I like I'm in love with you, that means I'm feeling something towards you that, that I cannot shake. I'm feeling the desire. I'm feeling the attraction. Um, it's different. It's different from, from, from this sort of different type of love yeah it's like it's acceptable to say i love you to a parent or a friend especially more and more these days from my experience something that i didn't used to find acceptable um in you know growing up in my culture and as you know um but later on it becomes a bit more um there's a movie called i love you man which kind of normalized saying um things like this to a friend but we don't use i'm in love with you to with a friend you know that's that's just too lustful or something you know it's just weird weird uh, uneven kind of thing but um anyway it's good to think that everyone it's comforting to think that i am and everyone are capable of love and expressing love i always feel a little bit funny when i say i love you to somebody who is not my romantic interest but i also feel like i achieve something that i step over a barrier and and, and i'm happy with myself when i actually say this i'm like wow did i just say this to, to a friend he deserves it you know i've known i've known him for 20 years so yeah i love you man um so how do you feel about this you will are you are you ready to wrap it up with with these words 
<laughs> nice challenge. <laughs> I think we had this moment once, like you and I, if I'm not mistaken, we had this moment of good sort of connection or a conversation where I don't even remember if I said it, but I almost said it. And I, maybe I didn't say it because I thought it would be a little bit out of place, but I didn't have any better words to say it. So it was, it, there was, I think instead of using the word love, because it's so ambiguous, this is actually something that I started doing recently. Instead of using the word love, I am trying to find, I'm trying to give a definition in the moment, right? I'm trying to just describe the feeling more specifically, because let's say for every type of love, it's always something different. You're using euphemisms, hoping that people will get what you mean. Yes, Vasily, of course, euphemisms. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure we didn't cover all types. There's probably more. There's a pater- like familial love, a love between siblings, a love between the parent and the children. Um, I imagine there's also love for Self-love. We, did, we didn't go deep into self-love. I guess. I don't, I don't know where to begin with this one. But there's also like, you can, you can love um, a non-human. You can love a country. You can love a... A dog. A dog. Yeah, you can love your pet 100%. It's actually easier than anything else, apparently. There's a lot of different types of love, but it all comes down to... They're, they're different. They're different in some interesting way. And the reason I wanted to talk to, about this is specifically because I think that I don't understand anymore uh, the word in isolation. Like, uh, I always want to be very specific about what this means. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your, pro- your pragmatic desire cannot be satisfied with this highly um, controversial and elusive term. Yeah, I think I just don't... That people use so freely. Yeah, yeah, I think I just don't want to be misunderstood because the word comes with so many connotations that I am concerned that just by saying it, let's say I say I say this word to you, there are many ways in which you will be able to misunderstand me, even if I had the best intentions. But that's my, that's sort of my issue. Yeah, uh, well, hopefully we are a bit more on the same page after this conversation. Okay, well, uh, with this, sending love to all our listeners but more more saliently i will say i love you man for being part of my living experience and thanks for bringing this up this slippery topic (laughs) for this episode slippery as in hard to grasp so you you continue surprising me often all right we're going to wrap it up here thank you all best wishes thank you till the next episode bye bye rolling what's up nikita what's up Vasily? welcome to the pod as they say welcome to the podcast welcome everybody to the happy maybe podcast your voice improved you're not as lethargic as you were 10 minutes ago that's nice <laughs>